And coming up on 2NURFM, Barry Preston joins me, Jane Klein, for Finance, Thursday Finance. And today we're finding out the latest at Centrelink with Diane Jones and Barry Preston. Time for our Market Snapshot. And with Henry Jennings. Henry, Australia's economic growth rate sluggish and only for a boost in net exports. Our last quarter may have been the first step in recession, a negative one. But it wasn't, of course. No. Well, let's not get the R word out just yet, Oops. Barry. Yes. Um, we just had uh, our GDP figures yesterday, which which showed that uh, certainly things aren't as rosy as uh, we would like, but that is a backward-looking figure. That's for the March quarter. Um, so certainly things have slowed down, and we're seeing that um, quite dramatically, I guess, in the stock market and the amount of downgrades that we're having, especially from uh, mining services companies, which are all saying uh, things are pretty tough out there. But it doesn't hurt to have a slowdown. You can't get me going at 100 miles an hour all the time, can you? I didn't realise we were going at 100. Well, 199 or something, whatever it was. Yeah, I'm not sure. We, I'm not sure on the east coast we were going anything like that. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think our economy was uh, was speed limited, like the trucks, <laughs> to about 50 miles an hour. Anyway, the Reserve Bank kept rates on hold, possibly a sensible action. Some economists are predicting a two percent by year's end. Of course, that's only a prediction. Yes, well, I, I kind of think of economists in the same sentence as astrologists, um, and I'm a Pisces, so um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't put much thought by what economists say. That they, they frequently get it very, very wrong. Even the world's best get it very, very wrong. So um, I think, uh, I think it would be pretty serious economically to get interest rates down there. Yeah, I think so too. And this, of course, can trap young players. Low rates can be a huge trap for young home buyers who don't budget for bigger repayments later when interest rates increase. So it can be a huge trap. It certainly can be. So, um, you know, I, I think um, people are a little wary of being sucked into these uh, to these low sort of honeymoon rates, but uh, certainly it's something that. that was quite um, quite a big problem in the U.S., and we saw how it unwound very quickly when uh, rates go up, and and rates will start to rise in the U.S. So and globally as well, I think. Banks, they're into capital management, meaning some are buying back their shares uh, about the same amount, I think, as the uh, dividend reinvestment program is concerned. That's right, but they are, they are. I guess it's showing us that uh, the growth options for the banks, with the amount of capital they've got on their balance sheets, isn't probably as great as uh, as we would like. Um, and as a result, they are buying back their own shares and, and cancelling out their uh, dividend reinvestment plans, as you say. So I guess it's a slight negative uh, in terms of the banks because it's, it's showing that maybe there's there's not anything they want to buy because they maybe that's too expensive, or maybe that uh, we're really not uh, borrowing as much as uh, as uh, they would like us to. So the banks are sitting on their hands, we might say. They are indeed. They're staying pat. The iconic brand Birdseye and Edgel, considering the closure of plants in New South Wales and Tasmania. For goodness sake, how are we seeing statistics of jobs growth and all we read and hear is of job cuts? Now, I think Target's also in there. Yes, Target has also become a target for uh, for job cuts as well. Um, West Farmers have uh, indicated that uh, you know Target is is a troubled individual really, and they they need to do something. Um, and the first thing, of course, that goes is uh, is the poor old workers on the on the floor. Um, and then, of course, when you go into Target, you can't find anyone to serve you, so you walk out again before you uh, before you actually buy anything. But they're certainly in a pretty uh, aggressive price war with uh, with Kmart at the moment, and uh, someone's blinked, and it looks like mm-hmm. it's Target. 
As we mentioned at the beginning of the program, um, volatile time on the Aussie market, but uh, one day it's the banks and then the next day it's the banks. I noticed Woolworths and West Farmers have also been hit. BHP, Rio Tinto. Of course, Rio Tinto is suffering from its big uh, challenge in its mine over in Chile. It's copper mine. There was a huge landslide. Yes, well, the, the copper price has picked up because of it. So, I mean, we're actually seeing uh, some some benefits from some of these uh, uh, either enforced uh, production cuts or uh, maybe voluntary. But it certainly has helped the copper price a little bit. But we're we're certainly seeing um, the big switch between resources and banks um, seems to sort of be in its infancy at the moment. We are seeing it a little bit. Um, we've certainly seen the banks' share prices come back quite considerably since uh, the beginning of May. You know, we've, we've We've seen you know, nearly 20% falls in some of these uh, bank mm-hmm. share prices mm-hmm. from their highs, which uh, even with the fact they've gone ex-dividend, is still some pretty, uh, some pretty big falls. So um, you know, they're starting now to become a little bit um, interesting and, and look um, quite attractive on a yield basis again. Very much so on the yield basis. I know we shouldn't mention this one, but Billabong, is it all washed up now? I know this is a tragedy for shareholders. It is a tragedy for shareholders. I'm amazed that there's not a class action against directors. These guys have uh, have taken their eye off the uh, off the the wave completely. Um, you know, they, they've been in discussions with a couple of players over the last 18 months about a takeover, which has, has absorbed an awful lot of management time. And I can't help feeling that management would have been better served by uh, by actually concentrating on their business rather than showing the books, um, which the books show a pretty nasty situation. The stock price has fallen dramatically again this week after being suspended for some time, and it is a bit of a um, a bit of a disaster. You know, at one stage Billabong were trading at uh, over seventeen bucks. Now they're twenty-one cents and Gee. need more capital. Mm, that's a mm, that's terrible. Cochlear had a shocker of a price uh, drop during the week when it mentioned that uh, there was a bit of a downturn but it was waiting for its new nuclear six I think it is a hearing transmitter. Unbelievable. Yeah it is I mean this, this story kind of did fall on deaf ears a little bit uh, <laughs> and um, you know they, they had a, a big fall they have bounced a little bit um, but certainly you know a lot of these uh, these growth stocks they do have to continue to provide growth and if they do disappoint the market then the market is quite ruthless um, a bit like a Game of Thrones episode I guess um, and it is quite quite ruthless with uh, the way it uh, savages their uh, PEs and their share prices um, but we have seen a little bit of a bounce but um, you know it, it seems to be a delay in earnings rather than anything else and they're, they're pretty confident but um, it's not, not a story the market likes to see downgrades not good No that's right listen are you interested in buying Rio Tinto's uh, diamond business or I believe there's a big kitchen sitting in a warehouse up in Brisbane of about 17 million dollars because of BHP cancelling some project. Now, are you interested in buying any of these? No, well, I think MasterChef might be interested in the kitchen. Mm. Um, but, um, no, I'm not really um, I'm not really a diamond fan, I'm afraid. I, I read a book some years ago about uh, the, the, the great con that is diamonds, and my poor wife has suffered ever since with her jewellery. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm not really a diamond fan, so I uh, won't be putting my hand up for that one, Barry. Telstra is having a bit of fun at the moment with its uh, NBN, of course, but uh, it's still very quiet on Telstra front. Oh, not quiet, but it's got to be careful, Telstra. It's 
earnings per share or EPS was $28 or 28.6 cents and it's paying out 28 cents. So it hasn't got much of a margin there. No, it hasn't, but we have seen Telstra in the past pay out more in dividends than they actually earned in profits, and this is because they have great cash flow. Um, Telstra is still very much the gorilla in the room as far as uh, telephony goes, and they are certainly the number one in mobile data, which is the big growth area. They have had a few issues in uh, recent weeks. Uh, one, they probably got a little bit too high and a little bit too far ahead of themselves, and secondly, they also uh, have had some issues with uh, an asbestos problem that they have with, uh, with their tunnels, and, uh, you know, I feel a little sorry for um, Telstra. They were managing the issue quite nicely. Um, and then you get the NBN contractors that come along and start digging around in uh, in previously sort of sealed tunnels and start uh, making a problem for them. But they have said they will do the right thing. Yes. Don't forget they are getting $11 billion from the government for their copper network, which is what this is part of. So if they had to put aside, say, even a billion dollars to uh, to compensate victims if there were any from this asbestos scare, then uh, it wouldn't necessarily be the end of the world, but it's certainly a sentiment thing weighing against them. This is Finance on 2NURFM and Barry Preston. We are in the middle of our market snapshot with Henry Jennings. We certainly are, and I should have said that comments made during our program are for general discussion. You must always seek your own advice and a product disclosure statement should be obtained and considered before obtaining a financial product. Staff associated with Pritchard and Partners Brokers or BBY Brokers may trade or have shares mentioned in the companies that we... I got that right, didn't I? No, I mucked yeah, that one up. Well, didn't you got close. <laughs> Pritchard and Partners is financial services licenses 246712 and BBY is 2380095. Let's head overseas. It happened. The Dow didn't make the 21st uh, uh, Tuesday going up. It dropped one. It did. I did. Um, yeah, the Dow has been up 20 Tuesdays in a row and was going for the black caviar record of uh, of wins. But unfortunately, this Tuesday, we saw that run come to a, a shuddering end. Um, I did think that uh, that Monday, they looked as if they were actually trying to front-run the fact that Tuesday was going to be up. So they, they pushed the index up 135 points on Monday uh, before it fell on Tuesday. So um, the black caviar run of Wall Street has unfortunately come to an end, and we did see it fall another couple of hundred points last night. So so Wall Street does look as if it's under a little bit of pressure at the moment. Now, Japan uh, is uh, printing a huge amount of money trying to stimulate the Japanese economy, but things seem to be stalling there. Their market's coming back, and uh, apparently they're not happy, but people are not spending. Well, it's, it's, it's a very hard thing to do, to, uh, to chuck all that money at the wall and hope that some of it sticks. Um, and mm-hmm. the, the Japanese economy, which has been certainly moribund for oh, a couple of decades now, um, is, is not really responding particularly well to this, uh, this impetus that they're pushing. It's pushed share prices very high, but unfortunately it hasn't really translated yet into uh, anything for the, uh, the man in the street. Um, and also it has pushed interest rates up, which of course does, uh, does sort of um, hobble the, uh, the business sector a little bit. So it is a bit of a two-edged sword, although it's helping the share market, which was up 45% since uh, since beginning of this year, although it's had uh, some significant pullbacks in the last uh, week or so, um, it's not really helping the, the general economy just yet. Do you think there will be much coming out of this uh, iGas, which I believe is the UK gas company, making a statement that it's, uh, it believes that it's sitting on a huge amount of uh, shale gas? I think that the truth of the matter is, Barry, we're all sitting on a lot of hot air most of the time. Um, <laughs> And I think the UK is certainly no exception to that. There 
there's an awful lot of shale gas in the UK. There's an awful lot of shale gas in Australia. The big question is, how much does it cost you to get it out, and how environmentally sound is the process to get it out? Um, you know, the US has been a shining example of uh, the shale gas business, and it has transformed some parts of the country uh, in the US and enabled an awful lot of manufacturing businesses that otherwise wouldn't be able to survive to, uh, to sort of draw on that cheap energy. But whether the UK can go down that path remains to be seen, as it does in Australia, where there's a lot of talk about the size of the uh, of the gas that's under under the earth here, but it's it's getting it out, and how how we deal with it is is the issue. Chinese economy. One day we read that things well and all's well and everything's going great, and the resources are being imported well, and the iron ore they'll need more. And the next we read that the manufacturing is slowing down. And uh, what's going on? It's hard to know what, who to believe, really, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's certainly, uh, I think, as with lots of economies around the world, that the numbers that we're seeing uh, in China, the numbers that we're seeing out of the U.S., you get a good number, you get a bad number. It's very hard to work out if there's a trend. I think the answer is that things are mixed, things are patchy. There is a recovery um, in the U.S. There is a stabilization happening in China, but it is fragile and it is patchy, and I think that's the answer. There's also a, a question mark sometimes over some of the uh, some of the numbers that come out of China that they don't actually add up. If you if you look at what's sort of coming out of China against what's being uh, getting pulled in by the rest of the world, the two numbers don't kind of uh, make sense. So um, you, there is a bit of a question mark over some of these numbers for sure. Being a small business in Spain and Italy, uh, they're seeing their interest rates rise to crippling levels. Are they not the backbone of the economies there? And also. In Germany, the businesses see their interest, similar businesses see their interest rates down. Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's a conundrum. I mean, the the, uh, the whole point of refinancing the banks is that the the money that the the uh, the, the central banks give the uh, the small uh, uh, proper banks um, is supposed to flow through to the economy, and they're supposed to lend that to businesses to allow them to grow and to stop firing people. The problem is that what's happening is that the uh, central banks give the money to your high street banks, and all they do is they go and pump the stock market with it, um, or the bond market, or whatever, and they're not actually relaxing or lending that money out to small businesses, especially the case in uh, some of these uh, southern zombie countries like Spain, Portugal, Greece. It's very hard for businesses to access funds from banks, and the uh, the ECB has been looking at ways to uh, for, for small businesses to try and access funds outside of the banking system, which um, you know is something that I guess is kind of a bit risky because it does build up what they call the shadow banking mm. industry, which is where sort of uh, money lenders and, and different sorts of lenders come into being, and which is a very big business in China. So I'm not sure the ECB would really like to see that grow uh, to such an extent in Europe, but it is a problem for businesses accessing capital still. Well, Henry, thank you very much. When will we see you on Sky News? I think I'm on tomorrow night on the 530 Fast and Furious show. Fantastic. Look forward to seeing you. Keep safe. We'll see you next week. See you soon, Barry. Thanks. Finance is the topic at the moment. Barry Preston, we're about to find out. We certainly are. And our our expert uh, financial information services offered with Centrelink, Diane Jones. Diane, the budget. There was lots of things in the budget. Now, I I know we're going a little bit ahead, but it's interesting to talk about these things. From January 2015, the normal deeming rules apparently will be extended to superannuation account-based incomes. How does this work? 
Yeah, um, Barry, it's um, a proposed change at this stage, but um, uh, from the 1st of January 2015, um, then the proposal is that um, superannuation account-based pensions, the amount of income counted under the um, rules for the age pension and other payments will be the deeming rules. And I think we've talked about deeming rates before, but I'll just you know, mention the current interest rates that um, investments are deemed at. So for single people, the first 45,400 Centrelink assumes an interest rate of 2.5%. For couples, the first 75,600, we assume an interest rate of 2.5%. Above those figures, 4% is the interest rate that they're assumed to be earning. Interesting. So this, of course, is uh, a long way ahead, but uh, you never know. They could come into, in, into play. And it's important to know that current pensioners um, that are receiving Centrelink payments or a healthcare card, um, they won't be affected by this change. So we have a different set of rules at the moment about how income is counted from these account-based pensions, which basically looks at the annual pension the person is drawing less a deduction amount and that's based on their starting balance and their life expectancy. So current pensioners, unless they change from one account-based pension to another one, won't um, be affected um, by the new rules. Okay, so it's something we be aware of but we'll look at down the track and a lot of people do change uh, their pension uh, the way they do their superannuation and their pensions. Now, another one. Again, the budget. The government has announced an income and assets exemption for pensioners over age, pension age, who downsize their home. Now, when you first hear this, you think, oh, but when you look in the detail, the devil is in the detail. Now, what's that all about? Right. Yes, this is an interesting one. And I guess the first thing I want to mention is that we do get a lot of older people downsizing their home at the moment. And um, a single pensioner can have about 115000 in savings if they've got no other investments or income and still get a full pension. And a couple can have about 202000 in uh, financial assets um, if they have no other sources of income. But this new change is specifically, I guess, to allow people who... who would have maybe downsized but um, are a bit hesitant because of the concern that having extra money could be um, reducing their pension. So the rules around it um, are, and, and again these are proposed rules that don't come into effect until July next year, 2014, um, that they've owned um, their home they're selling for at least 25 years and um, when they um, free up some of their capital, buy a less expensive property, a minimum of 80% of their um, difference, the money they're freed up, goes into a special account, which would be um, excluded or exempted from the asset and income test for a maximum period of 10 years. Already getting some questions about from people saying, well, does that mean I can't touch the money for 10 years? And no, they can touch the money, but it will be included once they're drawing on that money. And is there any figure amount? Is there any capping amount on this at all? Or not? Yeah, it, it's to um, exempt up to a maximum of 200000 and um, at least 80% of the amount they've freed up has to go into this up to the maximum 200000 So looking at those figures, there's a lot of people that it won't affect, of course, uh, because you've got to own your home for 25 years and, well, it's a decision you've got to make. They're the rules. You've got to fit in with those rules, haven't you? That's right. And it's all about talking to us 
if you're looking to, to do this down the track and want to know a bit more information about the rules closer to July 2014. So financial information service officers, we're available um, on the human services uh, phone service on any day and it is possible to book a face-to-face appointment to, I guess, discuss these issues closer to July 2014. Now, this is for the tech-savvy people, which I am not, but it's something for, as I say, the tech-savvy Express Plus Seniors and the Document Lodgement Service. What's this all about? I know that you mentioned mentioned to me about a smartphone or tablet. Now, I know as we get older, there's tablets are a lot to do with our life, but not the sort of tablet you're talking about. (laughs) No. I'm always surprised that many of our seniors do have um, smartphones, iPhones and iPads and use them regularly. And we have many seniors um, uh, travelling around Australia and using these sorts of technologies. So this um, is a new um, device or designed specifically uh, for people receiving age pensions. So it's called an app and you can download that um, from the Apple Store or the um, Um, human services website and what it's all about is allowing people to do some of their business um, over their iPad or iPhone um, with with dealing with Centrelink so it makes it a lot easier or a lot simpler and one of the exciting things is the um, you have to register and and of course get a password because if you're passing um, private information to Centrelink or human services you want it to be secure um, but you can, um, one of the features of mm. this app is that you can um, take a photo of a document down and, and send that directly um, through to Centrelink rather than having to mail it in or, or come in in person. Wow, we're talking about these iPhones, iPads and so forth. My wife said to me the other day, she said, how can I get one of these I, whatever these I things are? And I said, well, you've already got an iron, an iron. I, anyway, <laughs> that, and then the fight started. <clears throat> yeah. Now... The old favourite that we have. By the way, how do how do they get that? How do they look at that? Or yeah, um, again, onto the Apple Store. There's, there's no cost at um, downloading that. It is um, a free um, service that they can download onto their iPhone or iPad. And um, again, for people, um, they can not only down uh, send documents to Centrelink using that, but they can view their payments, have a view the latest news for seniors, read that online. Um, update mm. their address. So there's there's some uh, quite a bit of uh, information they can um, use online using that app. And of course, the last question: the pension bonus scheme. There's been a little bit of uh, correspondence about that flowing about. Is it still um, operative? Yes, it is. Um, it's um, a scheme that applies um, to people <coughs> who continue to work and defer claiming the age pension. It has been closed to new entrants um, since uh, September 2009. So you have to have been age, pension age, um, 65 for a male, 64 and a half for a female, before September 2009 and continued to work that, that whole time. Now, at the moment, it's, you were meant to register for that scheme within three months of, of um, age, pension age, but many people haven't heard of the scheme, have continued to work on Merrily. Um, and just find out about the scheme now. So it's not too late to register and have that backdated um, to when you did reach age, pension age. But it is being closed off for, for late registrations next year. So it's important that you get your registration in now if you've worked the whole time. 
And it is, uh, it can be uh, quite uh, beneficial if people do that. So it's important yes. that they contact you or have a look at your website. What's your website? Most certainly. Humanservices.gov.au and all you need to search for is pension bonus scheme and that will bring up the information. Now, we do like to point out that the amount of any pension bonus is paid when you claim the age pension and it does depend on your rate of age pension when you do um, are granted that. Fair so enough. if you receive a reduced age pension because of your income or assets or superannuation, then the bonus amount is based on that reduced pension. Sounds fair anyway. Diane, thank you very much from everyone at 2NURFM 103.7, our listeners.